0: we good Tom um, while well you were singing and I was drinking in the rain I had uh, two pictures one um, I'm from a family of ten and when it rained outside my mother didn't want to go crazy she threw us all in bathing suits and we went outside and played in the rain and Teresa you know what we did in the rain when we were little we all ran around like this and we received the rain we loved that rain Um the other picture, I, and that was just glorious. We loved it. We thought it was awesome, and we enjoyed the rain. But the other thing I was thinking is, um, before you even started singing about rain, I was picturing water is pictured in the Bible as glory, um, or, or glory. Water is used as a picture of what glory is. And the Bible says all the earth is filled with, with his glory, and I was thinking about the nature of water. Um, we feel so refreshed when we're dry and thirsty and we need water. But sometimes we feel like a desert where rain, when it comes on it, it just kind of splashes off or maybe creates a landslide because we are that crusty. And, um, uh, but when a flood comes, when water saturates an area, rain... Or water will seek out the deepest and the lowest place it will go to the deepest and the lowest cracks in our soul. It seeks out the deep you know i don 't know about the rest of you, but i 've been in a lot of black places where I think even god can 't get underneath this one i 'm sorry, <laughs> but um God showed me that he will and he does. He shows me all the time that he is the, the God of the impossible, and he can get lower than that deepest crack in your foundation, that um, driest place in your soul and in your body. That's his nature. He rushes toward the deepest and the lowest place to fill and get underneath that thing and bring healing and refreshing.
1: Pens in my hands, I'm not sure how that happened. <laughs> like, holding a pack of pens. Oh, goodness, yeah, we went so long with worship today. <laughs> uh, we don't usually do that, but it was. I'm so glad for what you shared, too. Like, just confirming, and um, we love to pray for our town through our worship as well. Uh, that often comes out that. God's heart is here and for this place, and we really feel that for us, you know, but also for the town of Carmel, and we're really believing that. So anyway, today is Palm Sunday, and unfortunately, we don't have palms. Palms. Yeah, there we go. Palms. Everyone raise your palms. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Palm Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to talk about some about the significance of Palm Sunday, which is... Maybe many of us have heard a ton about Palm Sunday. Maybe every Palm Sunday you hear something about Palm Sunday. But I'm really, I mean, I was thinking about that and saying, well, you know, Lord, is this what you want us to speak on? And I felt like he said yes. So I'm just praying that something hits us in a different way or maybe something we didn't know before. or Something just hits us personally by the spirit that that shows us who God is. That's what we're here about. We want to know his heart. We want to know more about why he did what he did for us. Um, And this is such, number one, Palm Sunday has been celebrated since the third or fourth century, like by Christians, by believers that gathered together. And they would, how they did it back then was they would go to all the different sites that Jesus went in and they would walk and go to each and every site. And when they would end, at the tomb they would read Matthew 21 or the the scripture where it talks about Jesus coming in through the donkey which we'll read at the end of today and they would celebrate by singing praises and hymns and then a sermon with the reading of Matthew 21 and so and that's developed um, and they would always have palm branches so you know I always thought that was a cheesy thing that my you know the Baptist church that I grew up in did but It's actually a very, like, historical thing. Obviously, it's in the passage that talks. That's what they did. We'll read about that. But the early Christians continued with that tradition to remind themselves. um, And so that was a really cool thing. That's why I kind of wanted to, after I was looking at that, I said, oh, my gosh, they did it with palm branches all afterwards, too. They would celebrate remembering. and." understanding what the palm branch actually signifies is symbolic of I was like we're going to have palm branches from every year following so be prepared (laughs) next year we're going to get some branches (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean we can (laughs) we can do whatever we want um Yeah, so I'm just going to read some things about the history of Palm Sunday, and then we're going to read the scripture. Um, Jesus was on his way to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. And such an interesting fact to me was that he couldn't stay in Jerusalem because it was so packed with people because of the Passover. And he didn't have money to stay because it was so expensive in the city. So Jesus, the king of the universe, had to stay in a town next door that was called Bethany that literally meant the house of the poor. And he stayed with friends there because he did not have money enough to stay in Jerusalem, which I thought was so awesome that shows another aspect of who Jesus is, that he was not trying to show off and like, I'm the prophet. Here I am. I'm going to stay in the best spot and be like elevated he actually went to the lowest place and he's the king of kings and lord of lords and he was like that shows his humanity I'm here and I have to stay in a town over because I don't have money can you imagine being the one who created all things worshipped day and night in heaven now taking on human form and then having to subject himself to that level of humility and that was I mean he had done that in so many different ways, but it was just another striking fact to me that he went and had to stay with the poor <laughs> and he did it. That's what he did. He would travel out to Bethany and then come back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, um, which was awesome. And earlier on it was when they would. So, well, j- let's just go through the story. Jesus gets there. And he tells his disciples, we're going to read through the scripture, but I'm just doing an overview. He tells his disciples, go get a donkey. Go to this man's house, house, untie his donkey. And when he comes out and says, what are you doing? Tell him the Lord has need of it and he'll give it to you. So the disciples go and they go and get this donkey. And of course, the man comes out and says, why are you taking my donkey? And he, they, all they say is the Lord has need of it. Again, he says, go ahead. So can you even imagine that scenario? Someone coming, some random people coming to take your, oh, it's your pen. Some random people coming to take your animal, and they say the Lord has need of it. That person must have been so filled with faith, knowing that they were part of this huge prophetic thing, because that was a prophecy from Zechariah 9, chapter 9, uh, chapter 9, verse 9, that said that the Lord would come in riding on a donkey. So they knew this donkey is going to be for the Lord, the king of kings. And so the Lord has need of it. And can you imagine the excitement of that person? I've got to rush to Jerusalem because the king is about to ride in on the donkey. So they bring back the donkey to Jesus. They lay their coats on it. He gets on the donkey and I don't know, I, I'm assuming they didn't, he didn't tell them, now yell Hosanna when I come in, you know. But all of a sudden, something within the disciples, and they knew the word, they knew s- the prophecy. So, but something in them, they're like, I'm, okay, so he's riding in on a donkey. Something within them is all of a sudden bursting out, Hosanna in the highest, the Messiah has Come. And the entire city, they're coming in shouting this before him, him and his disciples. And the whole city is like, what is happening? They turn and then multitudes start grabbing palm branches and coats and laying them down before him, which was in their culture something they would do for people that were very, uh, yeah, like royalty. They were high up. They would lay coats and palm branches down. And the significance of palm branches branches, they literally mean they were symbolic of victory, like a general that would go out to war and win the war, they would celebrate with palm branches. And we kn- uh, if you remember back in the Old Testament, the Feast of Booths, like the palm branches, Jesus, uh, God told them to make the booths in their homes with palm branches And that was symbolic of his protection, his victory over them. And every time they celebrated the Feast of Booths, it was celebrating God's provision, his protection, his victory over us, his people. So that because the palm branch represented that to the Israelites. So it wasn't that they just randomly decided to pick palm branches, but it was a specific tree that represented something so symbolic that Jesus was coming in in victory before he even accomplished the cross. He said, I am so set on this thing that's before me next week by Friday. I'm going to be crucified on a cross and I'm coming in victory right now as a display, as a as a fulfillment of prophecy. Here comes your kingdom. King, here comes your king. And he had not announced it to anyone else before he said, Don't tell them I've healed you. Don't tell them what you know. Don't he had hidden it. But now he's saying, It's time. It's time. Shout it out, right? And immediately after he does that, he rides in, he gets off the donkey. What does he do? He walks into the temple, sees people selling things, weeps, and flips some tables drives out as soon as he rides in through the donkey. So he's saying, victory is mine. I am going to have my way in the church. I'm going right into the temple, to the place of meeting, and I'm going to drive out everything that's idolatrous in here. And then immediately after he drives out the money dealers that were in there, he heals the sick. All the sick are coming to him. So basically, he clears out what was not meant to be there, what was idolatrous, and then welcomes in what was meant to be there, healing, deliverance. He's saying, this is what you were made for. This is what it's all about. I'm coming into victory To. To drive out what, what's what been here, tradition, what man has brought in, I'm going to drive it out. I'm going to flip it over, and then I'm going to demonstrate to you what the kingdom is all about. Restoring people, restoring health, restoring wholeness. Come, and the Pharisees, right, they come in and they see him, and they are enraged. Because now in the temple, instead of people selling and buying, people are getting healed, and it says... That children and and women continue to shout out, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! And what does Hosanna mean? Do you know what Hosanna means? And in Hebrew, it literally means, I beg you to save us. Please deliver us. Yasha means to deliver and save, and Anna, beg, beseech. So they were yelling out, Come and save us, Messiah. Deliver us. This is the week, the holy week. He's about to give his life on Friday for their deliverance. And before this happens, he rides in, fulfilling the prophecy and causing all creation to groan. Deliver us, Messiah. Deliver us, Son of David. We're begging you to del- Can you imagine Jesus, at that moment, knowing what he was going to have to do, knowing that he was going to be crucified on a cross, hearing all of Jerusalem yell, children yelling, deliver us, son of David, deliver us, save us, Messiah. And the Pharisees say to him, how can you allow them to say this? They're calling you God. And he reminds them of the scripture. Don't you remember the psalm? Psalm 8 that says, Out of the mouths of babes and infants, I will ordain my praise. Another fulfillment of prophecy. Silencing them with scripture. Silencing them with the word of God. He says, this is what God has done. I'm going to overturn what you have done. I'm going to restore what was destined for my people, healing, wholeness, praise. And this was before he even died on the cross. This was the beginning of that week. Imagine the start to the week where he knows at the beginning they're going to be shouting his praises, and at the end of the week they're going to be yelling, crucify him, crucify him so intense I mean I'm I'm an imaginary imaginative person so I like to really get in and think what would that have been like for Jesus you're going to cry out with one moment for me to save you and then in a a little while you're going to cry out for me to be killed and it will be my salvation wow and I'm going to do it for you to restore what I meant this to be he's amazing Truly amazing. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. I'm going to read in Revelation 7 verse 9 because this was a a cross reference about the palm branches that I thought was so awesome. Too, before we read the story. Revelation seven, verse nine and on. It says, after this, I looked and a vast host appeared, which no one could count, gathered out of every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages. These stood before the throne and before the lamb. They were attired in white robes with palm branches in their hands. This is heaven. The Lamb of God seated on the throne, people from all tribes, tongues, and nations, and they have palm branches in in their hands. In loud voices, they cried, saying, our salvation is due to our God. Now, this is past. Our salvation is due to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb, to them, we owe our deliverance. So at the end of all things, we will again be there before the throne with palm branches in our hands saying to them is due our deliverance. He came to the lamb seated on the throne, our deliverer, our Messiah. Worthy, worthy. All the angels were standing round the throne and round the elders And the four living creatures, and they fell and prostrate before the throne and worship God. Amen. And so be it, they cried. Blessing and glory and majesty and splendor and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might be ascribed to our God to the ages and ages forever and ever throughout the eternities of eternities. Amen. So be it. Our God, Jesus, from eternity to eternity, before all things and after all things. He is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords because of what he started, because of what he came to do. He came and he conquered and he brought victory to us. And there's for us this week of remembrance. Reminding ourselves what he's done for us. Not only that, I mean, when we were in Christmas and we were celebrating what Jesus came, what covenant that brought to us, the fulfillment of that was through the cross where he made the last sacrifice, the one needed for all time that no longer would we have to make sacrifices. So this covenant that he came to breathe upon was about to be culminated in this moment. And that's what we celebrate. He's about to do it. He did it. He did it. He did it. It is done. It is done. I'm going to read this passage because I just... I want us to get there. And as I'm reading, let's just try to even picture it in our minds and our hearts. Jesus, remind yourself, he is your creator. He's our God. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And this is him. This is our Savior. Just before his death. When they had approached Jerusalem and come to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there in a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey even on a colt, the fall of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them and brought the donkey and the colt and laid their coats on them, and he sat on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats in the road, and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. The crowds going ahead of him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred saying, who is this? Who is this? And the crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables and the, of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves and he said to them it is written my house shall be called a house of prayer but you are making it a robber's den and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them so for some reason when he went in and acted like a madman driving out everybody else The lame and the blind were attracted to him and said, heal me. They were drawn to him. So he was not some lunatic that people were like, "Uh, this doesn't feel right. He did that and then people were drawn in for him to heal them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done and the children who were shouting in the temple Hosanna to the son of David. Don't you love it when you see children praising? It's the most innocent, powerful, worshipful thing from the purest hearts. And they were shouting Hosanna in the highest. Can you yell that for us? Hosanna. When they heard the children yelling, Hosanna in the highest, they became indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes? You have prepared praise for yourself. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there. He prepared praise praise. That was prepared. David prophesied it in the Psalms. These children were prepared with praise for this moment in history. God said at this minute these children who have been prepared to release these shouts of praise are going to release it. Can you imagine I mean it was stirring up everything in the natural. Can you imagine in the spiritual realm what was happening? As these children were shouting Hosanna, the enemy trembles. And that's what was motivating the Pharisees, their anger, their indignation. Stop what's being said. This is the fulfillment. What's going to happen? Is he going to just take over? They didn't even understand yet that he wasn't going to just take over like a coup. He was going to go to the cross and die. What nobody expected, he was going to give up his life so that this glorious moment, the tombstone, is rolled away. And our Savior is completely resurrected in power (laughs) to be seated on a throne in heaven for all times. And this is what we will look forward to. This is what we celebrate. And it's even more than just a natural thing. We're making declaration in the spiritual realm. Our God reigns. He's done it. He's done what no one else could do. He accomplished it there fully on the cross. And we celebrate with great joy our resurrected Savior And, King, he's done it. And for this reason, we are here. We're free. We have peace and joy and life and comfort because of what he's done, because of who Jesus is. He is the only one worthy of our highest praises at all times because of who he is and because He's what he's done for us. He made a way. He made a way. He became the door to open up that we could all enter. Jesus. We love you, and we praise you, and we worship you. Highest praises to the King of kings and the Lord of lords who has done it. Jesus, you have done it. Jesus, you have done it. You have made a way for us. You have made a way for us. And we worship you, the one who is seated on a throne in heaven for all of eternity. You will be seated on a throne, and we worship you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. We acknowledge right now in the spiritual realm and we declare our God. Your name. We thank you, Jesus. Let all of the heavens hear and know that our God reigns. Let all of the heavens and the spiritual places be filled with this chorus. Our God reigns. Let it echo in the spiritual places over this town. Our God, he reigns. He has done it. He has done what no one else could do. And he has now been exalted to the highest place above every other name. Our God reigns. We worship you, Lord. You are alive and alive forevermore, and you have made us alive in you. Thank you for resurrection power that you have raised us up in you and with you because of what you've done. Jesus, you are wonderful, and we love you. The stone which the builders rejected, he has become the chief cornerstone. We love you, Lord. And I just pray, God, that this would uh, just begin to resonate in our hearts in new ways throughout this week as we celebrate who you are and what this time means. We celebrate your death and your resurrection, the fulfillment of all things. We thank you, Lord, and we believe you will come again in power. (laughs) You will come again in power, and we wait expectantly. We long, yes, we long for your return, Jesus. Awaken longing in us. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.